KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Art Power, welcoming the renowned Jack Quartet to San Diego for an evening of music titled Modern Medieval, with works by Caroline Shaw, Morton Feldman, and more. Monday, May 6th at The Loft at UC San Diego, artpower.ucsd.edu. Mayor-elect Todd Gloria talks about a new shutdown in San Diego. Ultimately, what we have to do is ask San Diegans to follow the public health order. I'm Maureen Kavanaugh. This is KPBS Midday Edition. Balboa Park attractions plan for a post-COVID future. It has been a time of learning to adapt quickly to whatever comes our way. And a little jazz and a one-man performance of Dickens' Christmas Carol liven up our weekend preview. Stay with us for Midday Edition, coming up next. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. When Todd Gloria is sworn in as mayor of San Diego next Thursday, he will inherit a city in the grips of a raging pandemic and most likely in the midst of another business shutdown. Governor Newsom announced yesterday that when hospital ICU capacity shrinks to 15 percent, a new stay-at-home order and business shutdown will go into effect. San Diego is part of a larger Southern California region where ICU capacity is now at 20 percent. The lockdown restrictions will last at least three weeks. And joining me now is Mayor-elect Todd Gloria, and welcome to the program. Thank you for the invitation, Maureen. How is your incoming administration preparing for this new lockdown and, and what public health officials say is going to be a tremendous increase in COVID cases? Well, I want to first just uh, assure your listeners and viewers that uh, Mayor Kevin Faulkner has been tremendously helpful during this transition, a marked contrast at the federal level. Uh, he has made his staff and himself available, particularly on the issue of COVID-19, so that when my team and I take over next Thursday, uh, that we're fully briefed about the city's current response and strategies, and we can figure out how to match those strategies with our vision for the city, as well as the changing circumstances in light of the governor's order, as well as our rising number of cases. Uh, ultimately, what we have to do um, is ask San Diegans to follow the public health order, help us get our numbers down, and allow us to get back to where uh, we uh, were, hopefully back in March, while we work simultaneously to distribute the vaccine in the community. What kind of new aid might the city be able to give to small businesses affected by this new shutdown? Well, Maureen, I think the aid that we may be able to give, if any, would likely come from federal action. 
Uh, I'm hopeful that all of your listeners will apply pressure to our members of Congress to make sure that they actually give the city the resources that we can in turn distribute to the community. Uh, we have to be um, creative in finding the other ways the city can be assistive on a local level. Uh, but again, pray that we get that federal relief. You know, Mayor-elect Gloria, there are some complaints about San Diego being lumped into a Southern California region with LA and Riverside. The thought being that we might be able to keep COVID hospitalizations down longer than other counties. Do you think the state's regional approach is fair? I, you know, I do believe that we're all in this together. Um, and so I think that's the spirit of the governor's proposal. At the same time, when you look at the differences between our numbers and some of the other counties that we are uh, collected with, uh, it does uh, invite questions. And I look forward to posing some of those questions to the governor and the state's team uh, in the days ahead. In the news today is word that you will keep the convention center open to house homeless San Diegans beyond the December 31st deadline. Why did you make that decision? I think that that uh, particular initiative of housing over a thousand homeless individuals at the convention center at a time when it has no functional purpose because we can't have uh, conventions, trade shows and the like makes a lot of sense. And when I think back to our fears of what uh, COVID could do to our unsheltered population at a time when we're telling people to stay at home, yet this population has no home, you know, those worst fears of back in March and April have never come to pass. So this has been a success. And here we are uh, at a time when the funding forward is uh, running out at the end of this month. And yet we continue to be mired in a high number of cases, hospitalizations and ICU admissions and the new uh, stay at home order from the state you can't in good conscience uh, close down that facility. The challenge in this particular case, Maureen, is money. And I believe that under the authorities given to the mayor, we can reasonably keep uh, the convention center functioning through the month of January. Uh, beyond that, we're gonna need to ask the council's consent for additional operations. And that really involves finding more money, Maureen. Well, I'd like to give you some more details once we have our arms around reasonable funding solutions. One of those solutions could be additional federal relief. And again, a call to our federal partners to provide that relief. You know, some San Diego County officials have expressed disappointment at the lack of police enforcement of public health orders. How will COVID shutdown restrictions be enforced under your administration? Well, I share those concerns about enforcement, recognizing that the vast, vast majority of San Diegans and businesses are abiding by the public health order. And yet we have a few uh, that choose not to. And while I don't necessarily know that the San Diego Police Department needs to be our lead agency uh, for the enforcement of the public health order, I believe that there are ways that we can uh, enforce this to make sure that we're doing everything we can to contain the spread of the virus. And Maureen, I'd invite you and your listeners to consider what it means to be in a community that doesn't follow the law. Uh, while I recognize some people have uh, objections to the public health rules that we're dealing with right now, I've always believed if you don't like it, you should change it but you simply can't ignore it. And that is truth. That includes our public health order. A quick question from some of the parents here at KPBS. Will caution tape be put back up on playgrounds? When I take over on Thursday, my hope is that we can find a way to address these concerns of parents. But that issue has been flagged uh, for me by a number of constituents. And we'll be working with city staff to figure out hopefully a solution that can take care of our children, but doesn't allow for the spread of the virus. But I recognize the importance that playgrounds have, played, have been uh, for parents who are struggling with children that must get out of the house. Um, I'm hopeful that a partnership where parents are following the public health order, wearing masks, maintaining social distance, could allow for some way for that to continue to happen. And finally, you know, many San Diegans right now are struggling with unemployment, anxiety, 
isolation, and even sickness right now. What's your message to them as you prepare to become mayor? I'd ask them to have hope. I know that's difficult. These are dark days, but we know that thanks to some of the innovative minds here in our life sciences uh, economy, uh, we have vaccines that are only weeks away from being distributed to San Diegans. Uh, we can see a light at the end of the tunnel, um, but we need to recognize that the next number of weeks are gonna be difficult. I ask for your partnership in making sure that we're doing all that we can individually to contain the spread of the virus while we wait for the vaccine and that we are already planning for the reopening of our economy to do it safely and to do it as swiftly as possible. I believe we'll get past this sooner than people expect. We all have a role to play in containing this virus. It starts with your individual um, responsibility. I ask people to mind that responsibility, recognizing that their uh, adherence to the public health order does not only respect their health and the health of their loved ones, but the health of our community and the vitality of our regional economy. I've been speaking with San Diego Mayor-elect Todd Gloria, and thank you very much. Thank you, Maureen. It's often called the jewel of San Diego, Balboa Park, but the jewel has lost a bit of its luster as its many museums and other attractions are closed thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic. KPBS reporter John Carroll brings us the second half of his series on how some of the park's cherished institutions are holding up during the pandemic. Balboa Park is many things. The jewel of San Diego is home to most of the city's museums, but in a transcendental sense, it is also a place of peace. It is the primary mission of the International Cottages to take the concept of peace and make it reality. The House of Pacific Relations is the umbrella group that oversees the cottages, Pacific, of course, meaning peace. Eugenie King is its vice president. They are a a jewel of the park. They are something to explore, to develop, to discover. At some point in 2021, probably in the spring, visitors will discover new cottages, the first built in decades. Once complete, the countries of Mexico, Panama, the Philippines, Korea, India, Peru, Turkey, as well as the cultures of Palestine and Chamorro, part of Guam and the Marianas Islands, will all be welcomed into new cottages. The first cottages were built for 1935's California Pacific International Exposition, meant to foster a spirit of understanding, tolerance, and goodwill. There's no doubt that mission is still very much alive today, symbolized by the primary sponsor for the new House of Palestine. The first vote to, uh, to approve their membership and to recommend them for membership in the House of Pacific Relations was done by the House of Israel. The international cottages are faring pretty well during the pandemic. The buildings are owned and maintained by the city's Parks and Recreation Department, and they're run entirely by volunteers. And though volunteers are an important part of just about every museum in the park, most rely on paid staff. At the Fleet Science Center, like everywhere else in the park, it's been a challenging year. The Fleet's communications manager, Carla Nafarate. It has been a time of learning to adapt quickly to whatever comes our way. The fleet is fortunate in one way. They are able to host what they call distance learning hubs, places where young children can come and learn about science in a COVID safe way. To come into the Fleet Science Center and do their online 
learning as well as combined with um, science activities. But like Balboa Park's other museums and attractions, such as the Spreckles organ concerts, the fleet has had to move whatever they could online. The essence of the museum experience, visiting in person, not available for now. We haven't been able to have anyone in our galleries or in our theater, which was our number one revenue generator. So we are relying a lot more on um, donations and grants and um, just people in general being um, generous. With news that vaccines are on their way, Balboa Park's museums are eagerly looking toward the time they can reopen. When they do, the changes in the way they do things brought on by COVID won't entirely disappear. We're definitely going to keep doing things virtually. We have Fleet TV, which we started um, to keep engaging with their audiences online. However things change in the future, um, we're looking to adapt to whatever that looks like. There are exciting things to look forward to. In addition to the new international cottages, the Comic-Con Museum is expected to open sometime next year. But for now, the outdoor pleasures of the park are still here. The buskers, the food vendors, the Japanese Friendship Garden has stayed open. Things to enjoy while we wait for the institutions that are so much a part of Balboa Park to once again open their doors. John Carroll, KPBS News. The annual December night celebration had to be canceled this year. Instead, the city came up with Taste of December Nights, a drive-through food event which takes place today through Sunday. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. It's December and perhaps you're not quite in the holiday mood yet or ever, or maybe you've been decking the hall since Halloween. Well, our picks for arts and culture this weekend give you plenty of options along the festive scale. Joining me with the details is KPBS arts editor and producer, Julia Dixon-Evans, and welcome, Julia. Hi, Maureen. Thanks for having me. Let's kick things off with the new exhibition of outdoor projected photography in San Ysidro. Yeah, so the Front Art and Cultura in San Ysidro opened two new exhibitions recently. One is an indoor one, and by appointment, you can view a group exhibition called Magnetic Currents with work by 13 really great visual artists. But exciting in a 2020 sort of way is the adjacent outdoor exhibition. It's called Nativa, and it features works of photography projected onto the front of the building. It's kind of perfect for our pandemic-weary arts consumption. So they installed a large screen and they project the art from across the street. It's viewable throughout the night on select evenings. There's four artists. The works are themed on reflections, mirrors, and movement. 
And I kind of love the idea that you could drive by and catch just a split second of an image or maybe the transition between two images and experience the art in a totally different way than if you were to stand on the sidewalk and watch the whole thing. It is about a 15-minute runtime, so that's doable too. And if you bring a flashlight, you can check out these new murals on the same block that were recently commissioned by the front. Nativa is projected on the front gallery in San Ysidro tonight from 6 p.m. through morning. Next, theater and literature lovers alike are sure to love a new filmed production of Charles Dickens' classic, A Christmas Carol. How is the La Jolla Playhouse bringing this show to our city virtually? So this is the Tony Award winner Jefferson Mays in a one-man production. This adaptation, it originally premiered at the Geffen in L.A. a few years back, and they recently staged and filmed it in New York at the United Palace Theater. It's part of a collaboration between theaters and production companies across the country, including La Jolla Playhouse. And now that COVID's expanding our access to productions from all over the world, it's kind of a nice way to ensure that these local organizations are supported as we check out this world-class stuff from elsewhere. Jefferson Mays and director Michael Arden have been on the Playhouse stage before, and this film and stage hybrid is a really great flex for their skills. Mays is pretty mesmerizing as Ebenezer Scrooge. He's playing something like 50 roles at once, and it's a pretty spooky production, playing up the terror of these hauntings with some fun special effects. Here's a clip of Mays in the Ghost of Christmas Present scene, courtesy of A Christmas Carol Live. There sat a giant, glorious to see, who bore a glowing torch and raised it high to shed his light on Scrooge as he came peeping round the door. Come in! Come in and know me better, man. I am the Ghost of Christmas Present. Look upon me. You have never seen the like of me before. That's Jefferson Mays in A Christmas Carol, presented by the La Jolla Playhouse, live streaming now through January 3rd. A youth dance organization has pivoted their annual production to a virtual dance film. What does Transcendance Youth Arts Project have to offer? Yeah, so this group, Transcendence, offers free intensive dance instruction as well as school programs in Title I schools. And each year they put together a pretty impressive performance. This year they rehearsed online and came together masked and socially distant in the park to film this production. It's called Home Within a Home. It's a collection of nine dance pieces peppered with stories and interviews from the dancers. One is a collaboration even with musical youth nonprofit locally, David's Harp, and they wrote a piece called Six Feet Away. Another piece, Women of the Home, is movement set to this collection of spoken texts that the dancers themselves wrote about the women in their lives and the complicated themes of home and domesticity. And here's a clip of Women of the Home. She. She who is that of many, formed by ancestry where foundation has formed many. She. She who is a beautiful black, Asian, Latin, and American queen. She works for her children and everything in between. A strong warrior who fights for her daughters and sons. For she is the protector, the provider, the only one. 
That's from Transcendence Virtual Production, Home Within a Home. That's streaming Saturday at 7 and Sunday at 3 p.m. And finally, the Athenaeum hosts live jazz from some of San Diego's greats. How do we tune in? Yeah, Monday night, you can ease yourself back into the week with some of our finest jazz in town. Guitarist Peter Sprague has been central to the jazz scene here since the 70s. And he's collaborated with vocalist Leonard Patton for years now. And Patton also takes some turns on the hand drums when they play together. Their performances often hop around genres, dabbling in jazz as well as Americana, covers of rock and roll and folk music. And here's a clip from their 2015 full-length album, and it's a cover of Nat King Cole's Straighten Up and Fly Right. Straighten up and fly right. Straighten up and stay right now. Straighten up and fly right. Cool down, Papa. Don't you blow your top. That's Peter Sprague and Leonard Patton's rendition of Straighten Up and Fly Right. You can check out their music live streamed from the Athenaeum Monday at 7 p.m. For more arts events or to sign up for the weekly KPBS Arts Newsletter, visit kpbs.org arts. I've been speaking with KPBS arts editor and producer Julia Dixon Evans. Julia, thanks a lot. Thanks, Maureen. Have a good weekend.
Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com.